Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneur network.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. Welcome to episode nine of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. My guest today is Vita Carlino, and she believes that life reflects who we are willing to be. Vita's a published author and speaker. She's a leading coach in conscious evolution, authentic accountability, and inspirational mindset. She guides entrepreneurs and professionals to show up fully, be self-empowered, and succeed through deliberate design. Vita loves life. She loves family, sunny days, risque moments, laughter, people with open hearts, authenticity, stretching beyond, bright colours, great bed, best coffee, reckless dancing, don't you just love it, raw honesty, world peace, people who inspire, push and hold me accountable, universal consciousness, stillness, craziness, friendship, love, romance, showing up fully, living deliberately, Dr. Seuss, music that lifts her spirit and cracks her heart sacred space, ritual, mindfulness, being empowered and making a difference as well as spiritual practice. Now on today's show she's going to share why as women we have taken on the qualities of the masculine in the business world and how we need to bring that back to feminine power. Mindfulness has moved from the mat to the boardroom, winning the support of corporate leaders. Why is this so and how can we practice and practice this method to add value to our business? As well as we have not one but three brains, each with a unique intelligence and we're going to talk about how to better understand our brain so that we can improve our performance reduce our stress and heighten our emotional and intuitive intelligence and so much more so welcome to the show Vita thank you Emory. it's a privilege to be here let's dive in we're talking about women that we've taken on the qualities of the masculine in the business world and it's really about time we bring back our feminine power so firstly let's talk about the differences between masculine and, and feminine well the masculine qualities are more qualities like productivity logical thinking control aggression uh forthrightness mm. drive arrogance competition and these qualities in our society are celebrated and valued where the qualities associated with the feminine are more like empathetic honest loving nurturing understanding intuitive compassionate adaptability and unfortunately these values are not so valued or celebrated in fact they're often looked down on or viewed as weakness mm -hmm. and so what you're saying yeah. is that because we've taken on more of the masculine 
in our business and also the corporate world as well, that we've done it to the neglect often of the feminine. And as you are sharing some of those those qualities there, for me, they're very important. If I'm speaking with someone or I've got a leader or even a, a, you know, a client or a colleague that I'm talking with, having empathy and understanding, I mean, to me, is just so very important. And so it really is. We need to bring that back, don't we, to some balance. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when we look at society at the moment, when the masculine qualities are valued at the expense of the feminine qualities, inequality flourishes mm. and the society we miss out. You know, what, what happens, women have moved towards what they perceived as value, which is a natural movement for men and women. But as women, we have had little choice but to adopt these masculine qualities without even thinking of the consequences. Mm -hmm. And so we have unconsciously hidden, given away parts of ourselves or suppressed in order to adapt and survive in this patriarchal culture. Yes. So in doing so, we ourselves have downplayed, disowned and undervalued our own feminine power. Look, if we're thinking then about having to make some some change, and it is important because if we're too masculine and bringing a lot of those qualities with, with the detriment of the feminine, there's, there's just not going to be that balance. And I can't imagine, especially when we've got so much competition, you know, and bringing down the competition and, oh, that, that in <laughs> itself would just be, you know, completely difficult to work and, and optimise your performance. How can we start to bring that balance back, particularly if we are in a, I mean, if it's our own workplace and our own business, we can make that decision just roll it out but for some of us who are working in environments that is very very masculine or maybe working with clients that their companies have brought on a very much masculine quality what are some things that we can do to start shifting that back to bring some of the feminine I think first of all this whole issue is not a gender issue mm. it's an issue of value so which requires both the men and women to start to openly acknowledge embrace and value these attributes of the feminine you know it's 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 a time for women to really step up and own their feminine nature, their nurturing, their wisdom, their intuitive, their compassionate selves. It starts with each woman individually, being an example to other women and to men on how to show up as a, as a whole and complete woman. Yeah, and even just in investigating the values within an organisation. So, like, we, we have one set of values which is often, you know, written on a piece of paper, put on a board, and we all understand those are the values. But really, are they practised within the organisation? And do the fundamental values of the business or organisation represent these feminine qualities? Mm. You know, the way business now is collaboration more than competition, and that is the feminine nature. Let's talk about um, some of those things because I think with any change that is, you know, in your own business or within the workplace, a corporate environment, one of the things that needs to be shown is really showing outcomes, how this is going to impact the environment. Now, if you're talking about collaboration versus competition, for example, if you've got team members who are very much using their own skills and their own strengths in collaboration, so in partnership with others, so we're respecting one another, there has to be an outcome of higher higher morale, higher performance, less stress, less you know time off. If you're creating an environment where everyone feels valued, 
equally. So in that in itself, I'm sure would be incredibly important in delivering to the bottom line of an organization because we all know that we need to show bottom line achievement. What are some other things that you've seen occur? So what other benefits and outcomes when businesses, corporations start to bring more of the feminine back in balance with what's already happening from more of a masculine quality? I think a lot of this actually comes into the mindfulness practice as well. Through the mindfulness, through practicing mindfulness, it is a lot easier for the collective to understand the attributes of the feminine and that they're actually already there. They're just not valued enough. I know the next question was about mindfulness, but I might go into that a little bit now. So that mindfulness programs are the new corporate must have. You know, mm-hmm. companies like LinkedIn, Twitter, Google, KPMG, Sony have mindfulness programs, right? And they encourage staff and employees to spend valuable production time in mindfulness practice. Mm-hmm. And why do they do that? Because it does affect the bottom line. Yes. The same- You know, there is so much research out there on mindfulness, it blows my head away. But what mindfulness practice does do in all this um, research is it reduces stress, Mm -hmm. enhances memory, improves focus, increases cognitive flexibility, um, mental clarity, emotional resilience, decision making. You know, it also boosts our immune system, um, improves sleep, anxiety, depression, stress. These are just huge impacts on the business. And these these practices of mindfulness, of of being present, of, of caring, of nurturing, of allowing, of taking up space and time are feminine qualities natures of the feminine. So um, I just want to share a little bit of stats about some of these mindfulness practices in the workforce. Um, David Mitchie has written this book, which is called Mindfulness is Better Than Chocolate. I highly recommend this book. <laughs> and he states in the book that enhanced emotional regulation in the workplace is the reason why mindfulness is being embraced with such enthusiasm in the boardrooms and organizations. Issues of human interactions and difficult personalities are very challenging and disruptive. So when we are less reactive, more centered and better able to get along with people, the workplace is happier, more effective and more profitable. You know, it's a Bill Owen, author of Complaint Free World. He says that 78% of US workers estimate wasting more than three to six hours every week listening to co-workers complain. I mean, can you imagine that? Uh-huh. <laughs> that for a company with 200 employees is $1.2 million every year in lost productivity alone from people being unhappy in the work environment. It's, it's just <laughs> it's mind-boggling. And this other point that I've just found out that just, I just love so much, it's called Wandering Minds. So they've done this research over 2,000 adults, and what they found is that 46.9% of the time which is nearly half of the time, most people about are thinking about something else rather than what they're doing at the time. Mindfulness practice broadens our awareness of our wandering mind and builds mental fitness to deliberately focus on what we choose. You know, how different would the workplace be or how different would meetings be if everyone in the meeting was present and focused? Yes. Or in the training or in... Um, solving problems if we were all focused on what the issue is at the moment instead of our minds wandering off somewhere else. Mm. And I think also too with mindfulness and being very much um, focusing on the task at present we can often be far more productive get it finished 
quickly because I know that there's also been studies that show with a lot of interruptions in the workplace, it can take a long time, like 20 minutes. If they've got a five minute distraction, it can sometimes take 20 minutes to get back into the focus, you know, that mindfulness that you were before you got the disruption, if at all, you know, you might not be able to get your concentration back. So it's important to realize that these are all very important and have an impact on productivity, on performance, and obviously a morale within the workplace too, yes? Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is, you know, we seem to have a tendency as a, as a Western culture to look externally for our solutions, mm. you know, and mindfulness now is becoming quite popular, but it's such a simple practice that we can all do and we can all do it in a way that works for us individually. And I think because it is simple, it sometimes gets underestimated the value of being happy with ourselves, of being more resourceful in our emotions, of being more grounded and centered and clear and focused. Yeah. And I think one of the things that are that is incredibly valuable is that with mindfulness, we have more of an understanding, a self-awareness, if you will, of where our strengths lie, of where we do our best work. So various environments. I know for myself, whilst this may seem hard to understand, I'm actually an introvert. So an extroverted introvert, I can come out, I can present, you know be the star all of that love my podcasts and interviews and so forth but then when I finish I need to be on my own because if I'm surrounded with a lot of noise and commotion going on I will just be curled up in a ball on the corner of the you know office kind of thing so I'm aware of that so when we have more of a self-awareness and mindfulness about what really helps us in doing our best work we can be more intentional can't we we can be more purposeful and we can communicate that also to those around us absolutely and we also are more aware of other people's needs and wants and desires Mm. so an introvert sitting in the corner working very productively is just as equal to the group in the other corner who are working as a team Mm. and being very productive they're different ways of getting to the same thing when we honor our own needs and aware of how we tear it makes it easier for us to honor other people's unique needs and the way they tick in a workplace that is very important Oh, absolutely. And also, too, if we're talking about kind of the the masculine qualities and the feminine qualities, some people work far better, far more productively when they are being more nurtured in more of a feminine environment than the masculine and vice versa. So understanding that and being aware of that, of self and of others, ensures that we can create an environment in which everyone can show up uh, and be the best that they can possibly be, therefore contributing, um, you know, effectively to the Absolutely. The medical school in Massachusetts did this um, research not long ago, and they took corporate employees and taught them some mindfulness practices, right? Mm. And then they measured the shift in their prefrontal cortex. So when we have a lot of activity in our right prefrontal cortex, it demonstrates distress, anxiety, anger, depression, all those sort of not not happy feelings. And when we have activity in the left side, that's a more happy feeling place. So they measured that these um, corporate employees through the mindfulness process shifted from the right side, the more stressed, to the left side. And the employees said that they felt happier, energized, purposeful, and less anxious. And this was after just a little mindfulness practice. So, you know, mindfulness builds on itself. The more you practice, the more it is easier to sustain that mindful awareness 
outside of the practice. Mm. Let's talk about then some of the techniques or some of the processes that we can use, particularly for people. This is going to be helpful for all of us because if we're doing this already, we can just put a great big checkbox to say, great, continue doing that. What are some things that we can start doing today that will help us be far more mindful in our environments? Well, the top ones would be this meditation, mm-hmm. meditation, yoga, tai chi, qigong. There's many um, disciplines that focus on mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And there's also simple things that we can do in our everyday lives, which I'm sure most of us have heard about. You know, pause before we respond. Just take a moment. Notice what you're feeling. Are you reactionarily or habitually responding Or is there another response that you would rather portray? Just taking a moment to pause expands our awareness. Awareness being just noticing what's going on in our minds, in our body, in our soul. Being mindful, particularly as a leader, you know, if we react and react in a very loud and almost confronting way to our team members, we are not going to get the best from our team members. I remember Vita a while ago, one of my guests said that his, and this was a guest from the UK, he was coaching a number of of leaders and she came up to him and she was very much quite naturally had a lot of masculine qualities. And she said, can you just teach me how to pretend that I'm empathetic? And he says, look, it's things that you (laughs) need because she goes I have no idea and she really was very you know very direct very abrasive with her team and and you could see that that was happening on on the results because the team weren't happy at all that was almost to the point oh no she's coming down the corridor what is what is she going to say so when we start to be more mindful and we slow down and we think before our mouth speaks what comes out of our mouth and the way that we say it can impact greatly impact uh, the performance of of our team, the whole environment, even if it does take us a little bit of practice to get to a stage where we can, you know, it almost becomes um, something that's, that's natural to us, yes? Absolutely. I mean, you can't think your way to mindfulness. (laughs) You have to practice it. That's right. (laughs) It's a real practice and it can be a simple practice as taking five minutes, sitting in your car for five minutes, clearing clearing your brain, you know, practicing, focusing your attention from this moment to the next moment deliberately and without judgment. Yeah. Just that simple practice without even a more formal practice will make a change. Yeah. And I think if we are as leaders where we find that we are so wound up that it really requires every ounce of our being to be able to slow down so that we can respond in a more mindful way that's and supportive way, it means we need to look at what's going on, you know, at our own schedule, at our own environment and what can we do better to support us in being able to react and, and support our team in the best possible way so that they can continue the same. Yeah, and I love the word you just said, slow down. It's as if we have this little um, blockage that slow down means bad, not good enough, not performing, Mm. as if there's some negative charge with that word of being present and slow. There's lots of research showing that taking your time to deliberately be 
is far more productive than moving from one thing to another without any deliberate intent. Mm. I mean, it's like now they're saying, research is saying that multitasking doesn't work. There's no such thing. It actually makes us more inefficient. We're not actually multitasking. We're just moving our focus from this to the next without finishing the first one. I have to share something about multitasking. I thought that I was the queen of multitasking. It's like, hey, I own that label kind of thing. And I remember one time I was doing a number of different things in my office and I was updating, you know, website that I'll, I'll quickly do it myself rather than get my team to do it. Anyway, there was a red, I, I consciously saw this. There was a red button and I went, as I was speaking on the phone to, to a colleague, I pressed yes. And as I did that, I went, oh. I completely wiped oh. my entire website and it was like, what? Luckily, we took my team, my IT team uh, took backup. So I was able to go quick. I need your help. But that was the lesson that I learned then and never did that again. I was fully concentrated. If I need to focus on that, I'm doing that. So I no longer multitask to that because I just can't afford to be deleting my website, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, th- this singular focus is is a little bit more challenging for women. Mm. Like men by nature in the masculine way um, are singular focused, linear focused. It's a natural way for them to be. Whereas as Alison Armstrong would explain it, we are environmentally focused or aware. Mm. It's like... For a woman, we're taking in everything that's going on around us in the environment. That's why we make such good spies, because <laughs> yeah. we take in all the body language, we're taking in everything. Yes. Alison Armstrong talks about, this is what happens for women. You walk in the front door, and I know this for myself, it's true. And I notice the cushion on the lounge isn't right, and it screams at me, straighten me up, straighten me up. Mm-hmm. Then I look, uh, oh, no, she needs to get a haircut. Oh, no, and the whole environment is <laughs> screaming at me. The fridge door is saying, wipe me. You know, mm. And all these things are going on at once. So we can focus on lots of things at once. The problem is it's more harder for us it's more of a challenge for women to just focus on one thing at once mm. because we are so connected to our environments. Yeah. And that's where I think mindfulness is so important. So we can focus, yeah. complete, have completion, and then move on to the next. Let's talk about uh, the brains, the three brains, each with the unique intelligence and being able to harness those so that we can in performance, reduce stress and heighten our emotional and intuitive awareness. What are these three brains? <laughs> well, it is a relatively new evolution in self-empowerment and personal development that changes our consciousness. It's actually another mindfulness tool and it's called embraining. Mm-hmm. And it was um, developed by Grant Susula and Marvin Oka, who are behavioral modelers. And so what it does, let's think, first of all, let's look at what a brain does. So a brain has masses of neurons that interconnect with each other. It has lots of support cells and it processes information perceives, assimilates, stores memory, and has an intelligence. Mm-hmm. So we all know about our head brain. You know, our head brain is logical thinking. It makes meaning. It processes reasoning. It's cognitive. It's creative. And we all relate to that brain. The heart brain, the next brain, um, has all does all the same things as the head brain does, but it has a different sort of intelligence. So the heart brain's intelligence relates to emotions, relationships, values, passion, compassion, mm. feelings. 
The third brain, the gut brain, that functions exactly like a brain, its intelligence is about self-preservation, intuition, action and courage. So when we understand and listen to the three brains, people are better able to recognize when one of the brains is out of alignment and then move towards alignment. Mm -hmm. For example, if you're very passionate about something, you have a new idea and you get really excited. I'm sure most of us have had that. And then our brain saying, yeah, no, we can do that. We can do that. We just need to do this and that. And then three weeks later, we've still done nothing. There's been no action. Mm -hmm. So what that means is your head and your heart brain are aligned, but your gut brain, which is action, is not aligned. So there will be no action. Or we have those situations where our brain is telling us something, our heart's telling us something else. We have this confusion, discontent, and it's not a very nice feeling. That's because our brains are not aligned. Embraining is a really new science and I love it. I love how the mapping technique has allowed me to work with clients and easily see which brain is not functioning in alignment with the other brains and then bring them back into alignment for greater empowerment, but also for tapping into a greater wisdom, you know, our extended conscious wisdom. I have heard of uh, embraining before, Vita. A couple of my colleagues uh, are also as passionate and learning a lot about this study new modality, if you you will. And you, you You know, people may not realize it, but they're already using their three brains. But sometimes we make a decision. Uh, You see anyone on some of the the quiz shows and they answer it and then they got the wrong answer. And they go, oh, I just knew in my gut. I had that gut feeling that that was the answer. And it was like that was because your gut brain was right. And sometimes you should have listened to your gut. You know, we have those expressions already. Exactly. We we do. We're just not really aware of it. That's, That's that right. mindfulness thing again. It's <laughs> yeah. becoming really aware of who we are, how we tick. I mean, simple things like um, one practice that a lot of meditators use is just putting, you know, little colored dots around the place, right? Mm-hmm. And so every time you see a dot, it's like, okay, what am I thinking right now? What am I feeling like now? Becoming aware of what is your mind doing? What is your body doing in this moment? So powerful. And sometimes it is just slowing down rather than being reactive. It is really slowing down and being more mindful of of what we do. And I think even studies, scientific studies are showing too about what's going on with your gut health absolutely impacts now our emotional health and our brain, you know, with the different hormones and and things like that. It's, It's an incredible study. Yeah, embraining is just incredible. And the thing that I love about it so much, because ancient cultures and um, medicines um, have been talking about these brains forever. Mm. But it's only recently that science has caught up with the technology that we can prove this to be so. And now it's just moving forward at an exponential rate. It it is a really exciting new frontier. To be a conscious leader requires a lot more than head-based intelligence, Mm. you know. They require self-awareness, emotional and intuitive intelligence to thrive and succeed in this complex ever-changing world you know we need to integrate a head-based intelligence with our heart-based values and our gut-based insects to really show up and make make the world a better place absolutely and that's exactly what i was going to say and similar to the qualities we were talking about earlier about the qualities of masculine and feminine having that balance and sometimes we need to be more masculine others we definitely need to bring in the feminine similarly when we're talking about the three brains one is not better than the other 
And when we're no. using all three and depending on what situation, it can mean that whatever we're working on, when the heart aligns with the brain, as well as our gut and our intuitive, as well as action, that is when we really are going to be able to perform at our best and get the best results. Yes? Absolutely. And I think it all starts with each of us getting to know ourselves a little bit more and really being honest and open about how we tick, who we are, what do we value. I think also as we're bringing this to a close, we're running our own business, then you know we're the leaders of our business and we can start to make change that we can have significant impact on our team and that filters through to key stakeholders, to our clients and that's fantastic. I mean obviously if we're in an environment in which we are accountable, so working in a corporate environment, it may take a little a little time to, to affect that change. But what you were saying it's important to have that self-awareness and I think mm. when we start to show up and the results that we're starting to generate because of being more mindful for slowing down focusing and the results in itself will start to make an impact and then from that people will start to see well what's she doing differently well, I want what she has that kind of happens doesn't it Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And for corporations, look at the corporations that are implementing mindfulness practices. Mm. I mean, they're not doing it just for fun. They're doing it because it does affect the bottom line. Vita, how can people find out more about you? Because no doubt you really help take this and bring this into the client, your clients' lives, but also I'm sure how it can impact the organisations too. How can people find out more about you and connect with you? Well, they can contact me at vida at inspirationsource.com.au and there's lots of information on the site. They can give me a call and have a chat. I'm always happy to chat with anyone. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm not that hard to find, but yeah, <laughs> give me a call. I'm much better at just having a chat. I'm a little bit old-fashioned like that. I think, you know, I'd rather engage and experience all your senses than just reading a text on Oh, absolutely. One of the things, um, Vita, that a lot of my our colleagues say, sometimes it's the, the old is the new again, you know, especially when yes. we've got so many people who are texting and, uh, and online, having a conversation with someone um, can certainly allow you to get all of the questions answered. So please connect with Vita, find out more. It really is and can be the difference between just plodding along and, and working within an environment in which you really don't get on about well with people to really being able to work collaboratively and achieving all of the goals and I know I certainly know which environment I would want to, to be working in. Now if you want to find out more about Business Women Australia go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au businesswomenaustralia.com.au Hi, it's Anne-Marie. Have you enjoyed listening to the show and have thought about creating your own podcast so you too can become an influential voice in your industry, but you just don't know where to start? I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where you'll learn what you need to do to stand out, be heard and influence your audience from your very first podcast. I'm also giving you my step-by-step -step podcast production workflow checklist, including the tools I use, as well as a checklist of no-cost and low-cost tools to get you started. To access, go to annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. That's annemariecross.com forward slash mini training.